Hey guys, before we start this episode, I wanted to talk to you about Type 1 Lifting. So Type 1 Lifting is a clothing line that proceeds of the shirts and tanks and everything else goes to the Children's Diabetes Foundation. So um, this all came about with me and seeing a five-year-old girl in the emergency department uh, that had a new onset of diabetes. So uh, just take a look at the website. It's www type1lifting.com so just check it out if you don't buy anything that's perfectly fine uh, I would just like for you just to take a look and just see what we have so like I said before www.type1lifting.com and guys I hope you enjoy the show Alright guys, welcome to another episode of the Type 1 Lifting Podcast. I have a great guest across the pond. Her name's Charlotte Bullpit. How's everything going today? Yeah, it's really good, thank you. How are you? Oh, no complaints. It's like early morning, so I'm used to like afternoon, you know, podcasts, so I'm like yeah. <laughs> kind of not awake yet, but I'm like, I'm, I'm there, so. Oh yeah, we're good. It's like two o'clock in the afternoon here. I'm well awake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. So, um, I like to ask every di- every diabetic guest that I have, when did you get diagnosed with diabetes? Um, when I was 18 years old. Okay. So, I am 33 now. So, yeah, had, had it quite a while. <laughs> yeah. So, when you were at the range of 18, um, what was it like growing up, like, you know, being able to eat whatever you want and then all of a sudden, like, it's kind of gotten a little bit stricter. What was that like? To be honest, for me, it was a huge relief when I was diagnosed because my diagnosis was was a little bit different. Um, A a lot of people I speak to, they're diagnosed quite quickly. Obviously, the symptoms can be quite extreme and quite obvious. Um, But I actually got ill at the age of 13, and I wasn't diagnosed until 18. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Even though I had the classic symptoms. So I was, you can imagine, I was in a bad way by the time... I got diagnosed. Yeah. Um, so those those five years were a bit of a write off. So my my initial reaction to being told you have diabetes is like thank goodness, you know, but you found out what's wrong with me. Now I can start to feel better. So yeah. um yeah, it was it kind of felt like a blessing at the time that I um yeah, I I had an answer really. That's crazy. So none of the doctors even like noticed or like checked anything? I was to say this was down to a very, very bad doctor. Um, I had all the classic symptoms. So initially, um, I started going to the doctors with kind of really severe fatigue and was diagnosed with glandular fever. Although I can't remember them actually doing, I don't know if there's a specific test for glandular fever, but just from my symptoms, they said, oh, it, it sounds like glandular fever. And as that went on and kind of continued over months, they then said, um, Oh, it's uh, chronic fatigue, so CFS or ME. Um, And I kind of felt that ME is one of those diagnoses where because there's no test for it and there's no treatment, it's kind of like, go away. Yeah, 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 exactly. You've got ME, you're kind of stuck with it, like we've given you an answer. Yeah. Um, But as time went on, you know, as you can imagine, I was getting worse and worse. Mm -hmm. I was just just sleeping all the time. Um, I missed about six months of school because I literally couldn't 
you know, I just had no energy, yeah. no energy whatsoever. Um, I just used to sleep and pee and eat. And that was, that was kind of life. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then it progressed with obviously all the um, like excessive weeing and I was drinking about 40 pints of squash a day. Wow. I, I literally couldn't walk from one room to another without like a drink in my hand. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I was going back to the doctor and saying, look, now, now I'm losing loads of weight. So I actually lost uh, three and a half stone. So what is, what is that? And what is that in, uh, oh, what is in, that in kilos? Oh, I don't know. Should I convert it? <laughs> no, it's all right. Don't worry about it. It's all, it's all good. <laughs> oh no, I should have worked that out in kilos for you. Um, it's a lot of weight. <laughs> isn't it? I, isn't like a, a stone like like uh, I think fifteen to twenty pounds or something like that or? Uh, yeah, there's fourteen pounds in a stone. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, that that that's just fine. <laughs> that's that's a lot of weight though, but especially in that that long of that that time bad, bad mention of a time frame. So yeah, I mean, you must yeah. have been like skin and bones pretty much. Uh, literally, and I had. Um... I had like the little pot belly from the dehydration. Yep. So I, you know, I, I literally looked like I was from a third world country. I was really like, yeah, it wasn't a good look. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and at that point, my doctor said, um, I clearly had an eating disorder. I could, yeah, I can, I could, I could see them thinking, thinking that too. Yeah. Yeah. But then my argument was, why would I keep coming to you? Surely people try to hide, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so he said, you know, you're obviously, because I, I, I did a food diary for him, because at this point, I was eating from the second, you know, I woke up to, to when I went back to sleep. I was yeah. just eating, 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 because I was kind of panicking that I was losing weight. I was eating bags of donuts. Oh, my like, gosh. You can, imagine, yeah. you can only imagine. Yeah. And obviously, the more I ate, the more, the more weight I lost. It sounds like the perfect diet in some ways. Yeah, but... pretty much. Um, but yeah, he said, well, you're, you know, if, if you're genuinely eating this food, you must be making yourself sick. And I was like, why would I be coming to you saying, help me yeah. if I knew I was, you know, doing it myself? Um, and the last, the last appointment I had with that doctor, he said to me, um, this, this is all in your head. Like, there's nothing wrong with you. You are making yourself ill. And if you just chilled out, you'd feel much better. That's insane. That's, that's crazy. Um, and luckily, I saw a different doctor sometime yeah. later who was literally like, there is something seriously going wrong here. Like, mm. you know, you're clearly not well. Um, we're going to do a bunch of tests. And if they don't they, they don't show anything, we'll, we'll do a load more. Like, we're going to get to the bottom of this. And I remember thinking, oh, yes, like, they're actually going to find out. Yeah. Um, and by that afternoon, I, I was rushed into hospital Um they actually, a, a doctor, a local doctor rang me and, uh, I don't know, was, was talking to me in a really strange way and was just like, Charlotte, are you, are you really, really sleepy? Are you really thirsty? You know, are you this? Are you that? And I was like, yeah, I've been telling my doctor this. And he said, oh, can you just pop your, your mum on the phone? And what I didn't know at the time um, was that he then said to my mum, like, we don't know how Charlotte is still walking around. Yeah. Um, you know, she could fall into a coma at any moment and you need, you know, we're waiting for her, you know, get her straight to the hospital now and, mm -hmm. and pack a bag. Um, obviously, yeah, my mum didn't share that information, <laughs> information at the time. It was like, we're taking a bag just in case, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and yeah, and then it was, 
you know, my blood sugar. Oh, again, I don't know the conversion. My blood sugars were over forty. So that, yeah, that, that's that, that's really really high. Like I can't imagine like when you're eating all those donuts and stuff. Like how, how high your blood sugar is because I will. I used to work at a children's uh, emergency department in up in uh-huh. in Georgia, like in, in the states. And yeah. I would see kids coming in with like blood sugars of like a thousand. So that's like I. I don't, I, I, you know, I always, I always want to learn how to convert from like, you know, <laughs> what would you guys use for numbers to us? But I just, I just keep on forgetting to do it. But uh, it's like really, really high. And then yeah. I, we well, have normal, like normal for us is between four and seven. Yeah. So it's yeah. yeah it was probably really high. But that, that's forty. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so um, yeah, from there it was just like go, 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 and learning about it and. I said, when they first told me um, it was diabetes, I I mean, I literally knew nothing. I think there was one boy in my class um, at school with diabetes, and I can just remember that he was allowed to eat in class, and that's all I really knew. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, when they said, you've got diabetes, I was like, oh, it's my fault. Like, I've been eating all this, you know, all these sugary drinks, and I've been eating all these donuts, and they were like, no, 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 like, this is type 1 diabetes, you you cannot give yourself this. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, awesome. So, so obviously that was a big relief knowing they got diagnosed. And so, how did you change your eating habits or your lifestyle after when you got diagnosed? Um, I well, I totally changed my eating habits because I didn't have to panic eat anymore. Yeah. And I remember saying to the nurses in there, I said, "Oh, like I hate being this skinny. Like I, you know, none of my clothes fit." And they were like, "Oh, that's going to be the least of your worries now." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh." You know, it's this whole fear of like, um, and yeah, so I, I rapidly put on weight, but I was, yeah, I was eating really well and I was just being really strict, you know, because I knew nothing about diabetes. Yeah. I literally did as I was told, mm-hmm. you know, but I got sent to a dietitian, um, you know, she gave me an idea of a, of a good healthy day of eating and that's, you know, that's what I followed. I think it's kind of as time goes on, you start to get a bit naughtier because you know, you yeah. start to realize like, actually I can eat that, I can just do another injection. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, that was that was um, with me too because I got diagnosed at 35, uh, 34 going into my oh, 35th wow. birthday. So I'm going to be 41 uh, this month but like, yeah, it's pretty much like when I got diagnosed, it was at my pre-employment screening at the hospital I work at. I used to work at and so like pretty much when I got diagnosed I was like trying to learn everything all by myself like I didn't I didn't know anything like even in the medical field I really didn't know much about diabetes and but like then after getting it I I learned a lot more but it's like I was going on the fly like asking other people on social media because my doctor didn't really help me out and it's like like what do I do or like you know even the lancets like I didn't know to change the lancets or anything like that and yeah, it, yeah. it was <laughs> <Is> like <anyone? laughs> yeah I was get to the point it would be like stuck in my finger and I'm like okay this this I don't know if this is good and so <laughs> I literally went to like a, a a drugstore and asked like a pharmacist I'm like hey so how do I what change do I all this yeah like what do I do with this like lancet like what do I do and so she literally ripped one open and like pulled pulled the lancet out and just like pulled out the um, Pulled it out and says, oh, you can just switch it out this way and just like keep on switching it. And these are the lances you use. And I'm like, oh, because I thought the five that I got with the package last forever. (laughs) With your lifelong supply. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, (laughs) and then she's like, no, you probably need, you need a box of these. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. So yeah, it was, it was definitely interesting. And then like, I didn't know about the. I don't know if they have it like in your area, but like the lances, you could change the numbers to how much the pressure is. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I thought it was how many times you use it. Oh, no. 
And so, like, I cranked it up to, like, eight. I think that's the max it goes up to. And just went, just slammed into my finger. And I'm like, that one really hurt. <laughs> Why won't it stop bleeding? <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, this this is awful. So, yeah, it's 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 a learning experience. So it's it's, yeah. it's interesting. But this, is, this is something that I've realized over time is that all the things that I suppose I kind of take for granted now, some people are just not taught. Like, mm-hmm. they, you're just not taught the basics. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of then goes missed because everyone just assumes you already know it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah I, and, and I love the people that add, that say, oh, you're a type 1 diabetic? You're so fit. Like, you no, know, it's not like – and you got to, like, educate yeah. everybody. And, like, when I was in the emergency department where they have the nuanced di- uh, diabetic kids that come in, like, I would kind of, like, give them a heads up of, like, what to expect and, like, all that stuff. And when they go up to the floor – and like all that stuff, so at least they actually get a heads up before they actually go to the floor, and they'd be like, "Hey, you know, this is what's gonna happen for the, maybe the rest of your life." So yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Yeah. So you're also so I don't you're also a, a level four trainer. So what I don't like. So what's that in in like across the pond? Because we don't really have like level four or like what's so um, like what's the degree of that? Okay, so level two is like um, gym instructor. Uh, when you're level three, you're a, a qualified, fully qualified personal trainer. Okay. And you can then go on and specialize in an area, which oh. is then your level four. Okay. Um, so that's like a diploma. So you go on and but there's all different things you can do, um, like postural assessment and things like that. You can specialize in kind of adjusting posture. Um, I think you can actually specialize in back pain now because literally so many people just have back pain. Yeah. Um, and luckily, one of the specialist areas is um, dealing with uh, clients with diabetes and also obesity. Um, interesting that they, they put those two together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of the course is more... Um, more targeted towards type 2, which I didn't mind because I kind of felt I I knew a lot about type 1 and I'd taken it upon myself to learn a lot about um, training and type 1 diabetes and Mm -hmm. type 2 is something I wasn't as clued up on. Um, So I didn't didn't mind, um, you know, a lot lot of the course being about that. But yeah, so level 4 is like a a specialist area. Okay, cool. So what made you get into the, the fitness space? Um, I think realizing how much it benefited me, um, as a diabetic and there just being kind of a big gap there. So I can remember being, um, being diagnosed and, you know, you get sent to a a dietitian because they tell you how important diet is, but you also tell you how important exercise is, but there's no guidance. Mm -hmm. It's literally like, yeah, you should exercise okay (laughs) um i mean luckily before um before i got really ill before my diagnosis i you know i was quite into fitness and i I quite liked the gym and things Mm -hmm. like that yeah um so i you know i had an idea about working out i didn't have any idea about how that was going to affect my diabetes or my diabetes would affect it Mm -hmm. um and i just thought yeah there's no you know there's no kind of guidance for that they don't really help you out yeah so i think i kind of saw a gap there and thought like i could do this like i love fitness i want to help people you know i can i can specialize in diabetes and and clue people up a bit more yeah awesome so 
So when you were like just starting doing fitness, like would you read like Women's Health magazine to get your exercises or anything like that, or because because like, <laughs> I, I, I know like back when I was a kid, when I started working out, like I'd read the Men's Health, me like watch like the splits and like all that stuff, and I'm like, oh okay, I'll do this, and you know, and so what? Where did you start? What did you start doing when you were? What my up? starting point? I think my starting point was literally machines. Yeah, like, I do. I would just go around in a circuit using mm-hmm. all the weights machines. Yeah. Um. Then the gym I went to, there was some guy that was um, yeah, a much older guy, but was ex-military. And I can remember watching his workouts and being like, whoa, like <laughs> this guy is a machine. <laughs> um, and I went up to him one day. I was like, would you mind if one time I just trained with you, like just copied you? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then I really learned loads about kind of free weights and mm. things like that. And I think that's when I realized I didn't like cardio, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I really like to lift. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of cardio, but I mean, I still unfortunately do it because I do like a CrossFit style workouts. Oh, okay. And so that that's oh, my. I did that. I, I've done a CrossFit class over here once. Yeah. Um. Wow. <laughs> like. It's interesting. Oh. It, yeah. So the thing is, I always tell people if they start CrossFit, is it's all about pacing. So you mm. can't go like. You can't go oh, like yeah, I went nuts. Yeah, you can't go. <laughs> you can't go full speed right off the bat because you're gonna get burnt out, and yeah. then you're gonna be absolutely miserable. So I'm like, I always tell them like, all right, look at the workout and see where you could break and where you can like kind of slow down during the workout to recover a little bit. And it's uh-huh. people just still go all out right off the bat, and I'm like, but it's really I, I I don't think of myself as a very competitive person, but I was in that like in oh, that yeah. room. Oh yeah. <laughs> I became competitive yeah and I wasn't giving in but I literally I can remember like the end of a class it was fill on like I was led on the floor like I, I can't even walk out of the room yeah I mean I've only laid on the floor like three times out of my like seven year career doing like CrossFit <laughs> because like I I told myself I'm like I don't want to be one of those people just like like flails around and be like all dramatic <laughs> and stuff like that I'm like listen I'm just gonna sit down and like just relax but then like three of the workouts I did, I was like on the floor and like, I didn't even know like what to do to get on all fours or like, what. Well, I was so miserable. I'm like, this is such an awesome workout though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think I like ached for a week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I've, 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 I have, I've done that before. There's a couple of workouts I've done. I've like the next morning, I'm like, I don't even know. I'm looking down the stairs and I'm like, I don't I know jump? how I'm going to get, yeah. I'm like, should I just slide down my bum? Cause that's probably the yeah. best way to do it. So but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I still love it though. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna quit on it. So. And what did that did Did you get a lot of blood sugar spikes doing CrossFit? Oh, all the time. Well, yeah. I still I still do. I mean, it's. Yeah. I mean, I'll get out of the gym after like I like change and get ready to go to work, and I'll be in the three hundreds. But obviously, that's due to for me, it's like the hormone imbalance is the fight or flight. So. Mm-hmm when it's like I'm fighting so obviously my adrenaline is going to be up and like all the endorphins and all that stuff is going to be so high but by probably I think by a half hour but I get to work it drops down a little bit but I'll still have to take a little bit of insulin just to kind of bring it down to a normal level yeah Yeah. and and I usually don't eat before I work out so I'll work out at like 5 30 in the morning oh wow and so I'll I'll like I won't eat uh, I'll stop eating around like seven o'clock at night and then I won't eat till like eight thirty in the morning. Oh wow! So, yeah, oh, I literally like eat with one eye open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just as soon as I'm awake, I'm like food. <laughs> yeah, for 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 me, like I do. Oh, trust me, I get hungry. This sometimes I'm going to the gym and I'm like, God, I would just want something. But I just feel like I get a better workout doing it that way. 
compared to like eating and then feeling groggy and then trying to like work out. Because yeah. I used to work out at night too, and I used to stop eating at seven and work out at like eight 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 thirty, and then like I would hit low blood sugars or like I'd be super groggy and it just I didn't I didn't think I got the ex the proper exercises like the proper workout I compared to like doing it early in the morning. Yeah. Without eating. Yeah. yeah, I do like morning workouts, but I I mean even if it's like a banana, I have to have something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there's a lot of people that do that. There's a kid I'm I'm training, he's uh he's in Oakland, he's in another state and he's like I have to have like peanut butter and apples before I have to work out. I'm like, I guess, well, whatever man, do you do your thing. Yeah. So, have, <laughs> have about it. Yeah. So, um so going to like kind of the nutritional side, you have your nutritional certification, right? Um, I'm a, I'm qualified nutritional advisor. Okay. Um, so there's loads of uh, I guess it's the same over there. There's loads of weird kind of laws about what you can and can't do. So in the UK, unless you're a dietitian, you can't give a specific meal plan. Yeah. But you can give guidance. So you could say this is an example yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of a week's food that you might want to eat. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't say you need to eat this Monday, this Tuesday, this Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. for me for me, when I was training, everyone would ask me, like, what should I eat? I'm like, I'm not supposed to tell you, but I recommend but. going on the outside of the grocery store. So that's where all the good stuff is. And they're like, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, if it's coming out of a packet, it's not great. <laughs> yeah. I actually, one, I had one uh, one friend that was on the podcast. She says, if your grandmother doesn't know what it is, you really shouldn't be eating it. <laughs> and I'm like. <laughs> that's pretty good advice. Yeah. I'm like, that's, that is super interesting. That, like, I never even thought of that. Yeah. So, yeah. So how did, how did you go about getting that, uh, getting that certification? Um, that was all in with my my level three. So when I did my level three for personal training, it, it included all of the kind of nutritional side of things also. Okay, very cool. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So obviously with COVID and stuff like that, how's your training been going on during the COVID crisis? Oh, well, <laughs> um, I just got back in the gym three or, I think three or four weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I really struggled in lockdown. Like personally, I struggled not being able to get to the gym. So I've, I've always used it, um, not just for my physical health, but for my mental health. Like, yeah. I've always said the gym is my therapy. That's my bit of me time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think about anything else. I just like, you know, I've got my headphones on, I'm counting my reps and it's like, it's, you know, it's time for headrest when I'm in the gym. Yeah. <laughs> So it sounds crazy, but that's like the most relaxing part of my day is being in the, is oh, being in the gym. I completely agree. Yeah, that yeah. like that hour, hour and a half that I work out, it's just like I don't care how much I'm str- suffering. It's just me time. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, I did I did some home workouts in lockdown. Well, actually, I'll be totally honest. The first two weeks of lockdown, I did nothing but eat and drink too much wine. <laughs> um, <laughs> literally two weeks and then I was like okay this could go on for like you know a few months and I'm not gonna look very good coming out the other side yeah yeah (laughs) um so yeah then I started like setting myself some goals and um and giving myself a routine because I think that's what I what I missed um I've got a two-year-old son also and obviously he couldn't go to nursery. Mm-hmm. Um, so he normally goes to nursery two or three times a week. So all of a sudden, you know, me and my son are like attached 24 yep. seven, uh, cause my partner was still working. Um, so yeah, I had to work out some kind of home workouts around him, which, you know, sometimes he would, 
assist me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I have a I have a two year old on my back while I'm doing a press up or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it it definitely helped once I kind of got into a routine and did some home workouts. It mm. is not the same as getting in the gym. No, it's but like I mean, at least you can get a good sweat going on and actually yeah. use your like yeah, like you exactly. just said, use your son as. Like, you know, a little bit of weight so you could do squats, yeah, push-ups, yeah. and all that stuff. And he probably loved it while you were – Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'd be like – I'd be doing – trying to do, like, um, straight leg raises, and he'd be, like, hanging onto my leg. Nice, like, oh, nice. going to have abs of steel. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So lucky for me, I I actually have, like, a home gym too. So, like, oh, I – when I was a personal trainer, I used to take all the equipment that they were going to throw out and bring it into my – bring it to my house – Oh, and, and so like I have like a complete setup. I have like pull up bar, barbell with like three hundred and sixty five pounds worth of bumper plates, and I I made a, a squat, two squat stands out of a Home Depot like um, like cement and wood. Oh wow! Yeah, and so you get bench press with it too. So like it's it's funny like they have like if you go to like garage gyms or something like that like reviews or or whatever like some other companies they actually teach you how to build all these like squat racks and all that oh, stuff wow. out of wood. Cool. Yeah. DIY gym equipment. I like that. Exactly. Well, funny enough, in our old house, we had a gym set up in the garage, and I used to do a bit of PT in there. Um, and then we moved <laughs> just before lockdown, a few months before lockdown, and uh, yeah, sold everything. Oh. <laughs> and then lockdown hit, and it was like, no. Yeah, you're probably like kicking your pants, like, why did I do this? Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, but it's okay. I survived. I survived. But I'm definitely enjoying being back in the gym. Yeah. So, do you still try to do a little bit of PT, like one on one, or are you just mainly doing online stuff? Yeah, it's all online now. So, um, yeah, I haven't done one to ones for quite a while. I think after I have my son, um, you know, obviously everything changes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just wasn't. It just wasn't working around around uh, having a young child. So. Um, we launched I say we I've got a, like a, a silent business partner mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so about 10 months ago we decided to launch diabetic and healthy okay. so this is what this is kind of my focus at the moment um, and that kind of came from I've always had this thing I know it sounds really cheesy but I, I genuinely want to help people yep. and I think seeing all the struggles that people have with diabetes you know although when I was um, doing one-to-ones and things I did have mm-hmm. some diabetic clients um generally I, I was just you know I was just training Joe Public um and even when I was training diabetics I kind of felt like yeah but this is you know this is my time and I'm only helping one person like and I can only help one person at a time and yeah. I really wanted to be able to like reach more people mm-hmm. and I think you know you, you've got to go online for that haven't you it's, it's yeah. the only way um so I'm kind of on a mission to make living with diabetes easier, mm-hmm. um, because it can be. Yeah. You know, it, it's especially on social media. You you see people's struggles, and there's some people that literally see their diagnosis as as the end of their life. Yep. You know, they, they they see it just as a death sentence, um, or or they say like, I can't do this and I can't do that and I can't do this, and you're like, why not? Why can't you? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like we were saying earlier, I think so many people just aren't even taught the basics and just with small changes straight away, their life would start to feel easier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, uh, so when I got, when I got diagnosed, my A1C was like 11.5. Oh, 
and then I brought it all the way down to like 5.8 within like nine wow. months. And so, and then obviously one year I just ate like an a-hole and decided to eat whatever I wanted to. <laughs> and I went back up to the sevens, but I'm trying to get back to like eating healthier. And like, uh-huh. I'm t- they have like a restaurant down the street from my house where they have these like, I- these ice cream desserts. And it's like, gosh, and like my wife and I are like, do you want to go? Do you want to go? <laughs> and like, I'm like, yeah, okay, let's go. So it's like, gosh, just killing like me. of convincing. Yeah. I mean, it's. I, anything with like cookie dough in it, I'm just forget it. Ga- game yeah. over, Ga- yeah. game over. It's like okay, but like I'm trying to get like more strict and actually drop my A1C down to to like a normal like a like a five point eight or whatever. So uh-huh. yeah, uh-huh. it's it's. I think mine sat around six at the moment, which I'm. I'm Hell yeah, I'll t- I'll take that all day. I'm happy with six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Very cool. And so, what do you? So how do you? with your your diabetic and healthy program how do you get your clients and you know what's like the intro to them starting out and you know do you do like weekly well, meetups at the moment we've literally been kind of audience building and reaching out and finding out what people want and and you know where areas need um you know need more help really yeah. so we've been doing um I do a weekly podcast um and again, a lot of those episodes are based on people's feedback. So if people say to me, oh, I, you know, we really need to know a bit more about nutrition, then I've got a um, diabetes specialist dietitian um, who is on, on board with diabetic and healthy and she comes on and she'll, you know, kind of talk about the areas that people are struggling in. Um, I interview various people with diabetes, um, you know, mainly more active people and talk about how they manage their blood sugars. Mm-hmm. And I've got a couple of Facebook groups. So I've got um, Diabetic and Healthy Community. That one's growing really nicely at the moment. And it's a really, really friendly group. And I love that because I have come across groups where yeah, people are just like, so nasty to right way. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, when I, everyone's so nasty to each other, it's just like, why, mm. why are you, why are you doing this? Like, are you just miserable yourself and like jealous? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So I have, luckily, I think I've only removed two people from the group because <laughs> that, that's I've good. looked at what they've said and gone, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. there's no need for that. Like, um, and I will always message and explain exactly why. Like, that's that's not what this group is about. So you just you just take that opinion somewhere. Else. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, because there's ways of saying things, isn't there? <laughs> like. Um, so yeah, there's that one, and there is also type one fit, which is reasonably new, um, but it's for people that are more, you know, either um, either they're just starting out in in kind of their fitness journey, and they mm-hmm. want a bit of guidance that way. Um, but yeah, they're they're going really well. And then there's my um, diabetic and healthy on Instagram, so I always share like random. Um, I think today's was about stretching or something yep. like that. Yeah, so like, I saw, I saw yeah. this morning. Yes, it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so some random fitness tips um, and then, yeah, lots of different things about diabetes and stuff like that. Very cool. So, yeah, just building that up. And then later this year, I can't say too much about it yet, but later this year we are launching a program um, for people that want their lives to be easier with okay. diabetes. Oh, very um, cool. And that's going to cover, you know, um, kind of – not necessarily fitness as such it's not like if you want to get super fit but it's if you want to be if you want to move more if you want to be more active and get the benefits of that Mm -hmm. you know um 
because straight away you start moving more you start regulating your blood sugars don't you so um and and then all the kind of guidance and tips alongside that of how they manage their blood sugars around kind of changing their lifestyle um and there'll be the nutrition side as well so that's that's really exciting that's what's kind of coming up (laughs) awesome so with with your podcast so what made you get into the podcast space um honestly my business partner (laughs) he he's the big business brain Mm -hmm. um and yeah i'll be honest i'd never listened to a podcast i i wasn't even sure what a podcast was um (laughs) and he said and he said to me like oh you know he sent me these links i was like oh listen to these and and see what you think and i was like where do you find these like where (laughs) when do people listen to these he was like oh i always listen to podcasts when i'm driving and and stuff like this and I was like oh, this is so cool like instead of listening to rubbish on the radio you can actually listen to something you want to listen to yeah um and yeah it just seemed like a really good way of, of of reaching people and and you know helping people on a on a big level without actually um taking up that much time you know it's like an hour or so isn't it a quick bit of editing and it's and it's out yeah yeah I love it so what what have been the struggles for you know starting your podcast and like recording? What what have what have you seen kind of like a like a bump in the road a little bit? Um, I think more than anything, it's just been when I've had lots of episodes kind of in the bank, as it were. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, yeah, I've got loads left. Like we're okay, we're okay. And then I've had like a really busy few weeks, and I'm like, oh, we have nothing for Monday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. that's been my only thing so it's literally just been time um in terms of content and things like that again every time I think oh no what what am I gonna do you know in, in three weeks time when when these ones are done and stuff like that just something always keeps coming up yeah um and whether that's something on you know it might be someone messages me on Instagram or um you know something pops up in in one of a group on Facebook and I'm like oh that, yeah that would make a great episode mm-hmm. like because as soon as you see someone has a struggle or a question and then loads of other people are like oh yeah me too it's like right podcast <laughs> yeah yeah for for me for me it's it my 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 hiccups have been because they just started in January and, oh, okay. and so I I have I think 2200 downloads so far since January mm-hmm. and so mine is like scheduling people and they're ready to go and then they flake out Oh yeah, and then I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, and then I like once again, like like the bank thing, like you know, having a bunch of people in the bank, you're like, oh, I got it, you know, that's yeah. fine, and then all of a sudden you get close, you're like, oh man, I don't, I don't have anybody, and then like you finally get somebody, and then like the connection issues is another thing, because uh-huh. yeah, yeah. like we do Zoom, it, everyone's doing Zoom right now, so yeah, and then uh, the one other thing is like I always do, I always do a podcast called the Liftoff where where I just talk about me or the week or talk about some news and like I I sometimes I like just don't have anything or and when I do it it takes me like 20 times to just start it and it's like I do so much better talking to like people like you or like anybody else because you know you you yeah I definitely enjoy the the interviews more than the episodes where it's just me waffling on like I'll make a few notes but then so many times I'm like no, I don't like how that sounded. And I go back. Whereas in an interview, you just kind of flow, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I and and I've actually met some like this is like another reason why I wanted to do it because I want to learn from everybody else, like diabetics and non-diabetic trainers or like anybody. And it's I love it. I mean, it's so interesting meeting other people from like different countries and yeah, yeah. different walks of life and just seeing what their experiences are. And it, that that's one of the reasons why I did it. Yeah. 
yeah i mean yeah how often do you get to like talk to people in other countries if you're not doing this like it yeah doesn't, it doesn't happen does it no um but no, I've been really lucky. Like the podcast has really taken off. Um, it charted in the UK, USA, Canada, and India. Nice. Um, and it's been downloaded in over a hundred countries now, which is just like pff, yeah. crazy. It's amazing. Like you'll like I, I'll see it on my anchor app, and it's like, who wants to listen to me in Brazil or like you know yeah. in like some like <laughs> yeah. weird like some other country? You're like, really? Like, how cool is that? Yeah, it's like it's, I, I love it. I think it's awesome. Like I just just to get the news around. I mean, because there's not a lot of diabetic fitness or podcasts at all. So it's like we're like one of the very few people that have one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, type one lifting. Like you've got a real niche as well. Yeah, you? yeah. That, that my my wife was like, this is like a really really tight niche, and I'm like. I know, but you know, I'm a diabetic. There's a lot of people in the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that want how to learn how to work out, and they're diabetics. So, and I, I get, I get questions like all the time about like supplements or anything like that, and like you know, I'm not a big fan of taking supplements that much. I just take like creatine in a pre workout, and that's that's really it. And like, I don't really take like powdered protein. It's just like all whole foods based, and I'm like. I really don't do this, but I mean, these are a couple of the products you might want to look into, but just do your research before you do it because I'm not yeah. telling you to take this. I'm just telling mm -hmm. you this is one of the options. I, I think it's always the thing to stress to people, isn't it? But like you should be getting all this out of your diet. Mm -hmm. And if you really feel you need something extra, then you could try this. Yeah. But it's when people are, you know, I, I do take protein shakes um and it's just for convenience like i do try to get as much protein in as i can yeah but again having a small child working you know having a tight schedule sometimes you know it's, it's easy to make a protein shake isn't it yeah um but yeah it's when people are thinking oh, i can have a shake instead of a meal yeah that, like, you can't yeah, do no, that, it shouldn't no. work like that. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um and then when um so i used to bodybuild before yeah. i had my son yeah um I, I did it for like a year it was cool <laughs> um but yeah I mean then if I hadn't been taking shakes as well like I don't know how I'd have got the protein in. yeah exactly and you I was you, already you, having like six meals a day yeah and you did you did three I, I think I read in your blog you did three competitions in one year yeah so how how what was that like you know training and like diabetes control because obviously you're going to be like bulking then then slimming down like all that yeah. stuff and then especially doing it three times in in one year, did you have to like bulk up three times and like slim down every time, or how, how was I, that like? The way I did it, so I um, competed once in like March time, and then my next two competitions were a week apart. Oh, okay. So it was it was easier in one sense, and it was hell in another because it meant I had to do like two peak weeks back to back, which yeah. was killer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. So I did it like that, but yeah, blood sugar wise like to to achieve the look that you want your blood sugars have got to be good yeah they've got to be good and um someone said to me i think it was someone in like the medical profession said oh you're uh, when i was cutting they were like oh you're obviously abusing your insulin to lose weight and i was like no because then i'd lose muscle like if i yeah. was running my sugars high I'd, I'd be wasting all this muscle that i've just worked months to build yeah. so yeah um i think if they were yeah we butted heads a bit on that but <laughs> um yeah so my, I, I had to pay such close attention to my blood sugars in prep um 
because they they had to be good yeah you know, they had to be good for me to achieve what i was trying to achieve um yeah definitely challenging when you're eating like six large meals a day <laughs> yeah so did you have a glucom- uh, a cgm on you the whole time while you were doing it or no oh geez no. so yeah this was like yeah finger pricks a go-go <laughs> yeah so how many how many times would you like prick your finger throughout that whole like like every day um well it would be at least 6 12 or maybe 14 yeah maybe 14 to 20 times i well, suppose wow that's insane that's that's, yeah. cra- that's crazy <laughs> that was- that was bruised fingertips. Yeah, I can imagine. So, like, <laughs> I think the most I've ever done in one day was, like, I think it was, like, eight. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I actually, it was funny because um, I was, like, pricking my fingers all the time. And this guy at the gym, he's not even a diabetic. His his coworker was a diabetic. And he's uh-huh. like, hey, you know, don't prick the tip of your fingers. Just go to the side of your fingers and do it that way. And I'm like, oh. And he's like, yeah, so you're ner- <laughs> yeah, so the nerves. Yeah, so the nerves of your fingers yeah. won't be like dead and like, you know, you, you won't have like any feeling in your fingers. And I'm like, God, that's a genius idea. Why didn't I think of this? Why didn't I? Yeah. Why hasn't no one told me this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy like that you have to prick your finger like 14 times a day just yeah. like during bodybuilding. So, yeah. And you say, and like, I think I believe it, you'd said you, you're not going to do any more competitions anymore. No, I'm not. So for, for lots of different reasons, really. Um, I mean, first of all, my, my last two competitions, a few weeks later, I found out I was pregnant. And I was actually pregnant when I was competing, Oh, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, first of all, I didn't think I could get pregnant. So I'd been told I probably couldn't conceive naturally. Yeah. Um, so getting pregnant wasn't something I was concerned about. Yeah. Um, and then the fact that you can fall pregnant when your, you know, when your body fat is that low is like also crazy because loads of women kind of lose their periods and it really affects their fertility competing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was crazy. Um, <laughs> I, if I if I hadn't found out I was pregnant, I no doubt would have booked another competition. Yeah. Um, but it definitely, although I learned a lot from competing, and I, I'm really pleased that I did it. Um, it didn't do my mental health any good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I definitely developed uh, body dysmorphia. Um, and then was just very, very judgmental of myself because and because I think I went from, uh, you know, stage condition to being a heavily pregnant woman. <laughs> yeah. It, it was, yeah, it was a real struggle for me. And then... Um, you know, having a kind of post baby body and still seeing all these pictures of these girls that I competed with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just didn't, it, it didn't do me any favors. Yeah. So how um, did you, how did you handle like, or like, just like kind of figure like, you know, be with a body dysmorphia, be like, oh, you know, it's, it's okay to have this body after a baby or, you know, what was it like trying to get back to being like, it's okay to look like this? I think it helped that I was quite aware of these conditions and um i'd had clients who had eating disorders and body dysmorphia also mm-hmm. um and i think that i kind of recognized it in myself was the main thing because if i hadn't you know that's when it can kind of snowball i think but yeah. i the, the the time that i noticed um really obviously that i had body dysmorphia was it was my last show and I was uh, competing in two categories and I, I went out for my first category 
and came backstage and my partner was backstage and he was like oh look look I got these pictures and I literally looked at his phone and went who is that like and it was it was genuine because what I what I was seeing in that picture was like nothing like I was seeing in the mirror yeah um and he was like like are you crazy like that's you yeah and I'm like oh, it's got to be like the lighting or the you know like <laughs> I, I couldn't accept that this was a picture of me which was a really bizarre feeling um but I think yeah on reflection was when I started to think like that's not normal like obviously what but how I'm seeing myself is a very different mm-hmm. <laughs> different thing to what other people are seeing um and then yeah like I said I, de- I definitely struggled kind of post baby um but as much as social media can make it worse, there's actually a lot on social media now that is all about kind of normalizing, yep. um, you know, post-baby bodies and um, you know, stretch marks and cellulite and mm-hmm. things like this. So I went through an unfollowed, not in a nasty way, just it wasn't helping me. <laughs> yeah. So unfollowed all the kind of, um, you know, fitness competitors and bikini girls, because all I was doing was comparing myself to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did start to, you know, follow more of these accounts that are, that are all about normalizing a woman's body and things like this. And I, yeah, I just, I think I just put some time into getting my head around. It's okay. Yeah. And actually I wouldn't change my body because, you know, I produced my son. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's, it's such an achievement that I was like, I, I shouldn't feel bad for like having some stretch marks or not having a tight tummy anymore and stuff like this because look what I made. Like, yeah, exactly. You have a beautiful, um, like a great, like a two year old that's awesome, thriving. And, yeah. um, and also, my wife, uh, she follows like a bunch of people, like not in the fitness space, but like she follows, like she's a blogger. So she has like other bloggers she follows and they did a, uh, I don't, was it last year or something like that? They took a picture of their like after, like, after baby pick like you know pictures of like they're like extra skin like stretch yeah. marks and stuff i'd say like you know listen everything this is okay to have this is you're still beautiful you know you have great you have a beautiful kid a loving husband you know so you know i thought that was a huge like benefit for people that are struggling with the especially with like body dysmorphia and stuff like that like saying you know yeah. it's okay yeah. to have this i did um just a really short video on my instagram um, probably only a few weeks ago now yeah. and it's literally me standing posed like I would for you know a picture in fitness gear mm-hmm. and then me relaxing and yeah. everything relaxing you know just to show like you can't compare yourself to someone that stood sucking everything in and posing like we all do it yeah no one wants uh you know their picture taken when they're in an unflattering position mm-hmm. but it was just to show look you can look like this but actually you know, I, I've still got loose skin. I've still got stretch marks. I've still got cellulite. Like yep. that is a normal body. Yeah, and there's another program called Photoshop where they can do wonders for you. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I get a kick out of like all like the younger fitness like fitness like fits fits bows whatever they call them. So, like. The one thing that irritates me is obviously they're like posing while they're workouts, like of course they're gonna show their butt like right like right right in the camera, like and it's just like blatantly obvious why they're doing this. And yeah. it's like I don't it's it does it really help out, you know, your clientele or your fan base to do Are this? you showing how great your butt looks in those leggings? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like you're doing some of the workouts, but you're literally like I've seen girls like literally look at the camera just to make sure if their butt's in the right spot and like during the workout. Yeah, it's, and not, 
and it's like actually your form's totally wrong but yeah you're sticking your chest and your butt out <laughs> yeah exactly and it's like i just sit there and i'm like god like i can't imagine like it must be so easy to be like a fitness model as a girl like in her young 20s like just like all you do is just stick your butt out or you know just pose or like some of them don't even show workouts they just do little poses in their bathing no, they suits just po- they and just it- post. but have you seen how many followers they have yeah and it's insane but <laughs> but here's the thing though sometimes big followers don't equal big money or like no. you know supplements no. i because like i've heard it's this about quality yeah followers and, yeah i mean i've i've heard of stories of people that have like ten thousand followers and they're making more more money than like a person with one million followers or like the people with like a hundred thousand followers, they're still doing a side job like waitressing tables or something like that, yeah. just yeah. to pay the bills because they're not they're all they're just doing is like just posing. Yeah, your your followers have got to be relevant, haven't they? And they've got to be interested in in what you're doing, other than just your butt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you you have a you have a decent amount of followers on on Instagram. So how did that start like picking up for you? Um, that was actually just really organic, I think. Um. I think with the diabetes world, you do, you know, you, you look on some people's accounts and literally that all they follow is people with diabetes. Yeah. And then, you know, it shows, doesn't it, like suggestions of who you might follow. And all mine have come really, yeah, just, just really quite naturally. Um, a lot of them, you know, I always mention Instagram when I do the podcast. So I've definitely got followers from that. Um, you know, then you get kind of a crossover between Facebook and Instagram as well, don't you? And yeah. Facebook page again grew really well. Um, I think it's got about five thousand likes. Wow. Um, so yeah, so we've got some followers from that. Well, it'll be five thousand one after this one. So. Way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I think I've only got. I think I've only got like maybe thirteen hundred followers on instagram which is not you know people have like hundreds of thousands, don't they? But yeah. Um, but my followers are very engaging. Um. I get tons of messages and I keep having to apologize for not getting back to people. Yeah. Um, but again, this is why I do the podcast. Cause I'm like, I can't sit and reply like all day long to all these different random questions, but I can put it in a podcast. So if you want to listen to a podcast, like I will answer your question. Yeah. There's a, t- um, there's a time I actually, someone answered me a question and I actually did a podcast episode for him and I tagged him on Instagram be like, Hey buddy, this, this episode's for you pretty much. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, he's, and he's like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. You know? <laughs> So, and I'm like, well, I mean, it's, it's probably like five, 10 minutes long, but hopefully you get something out of it. So yeah, yeah, definitely. But it's easier that and then reaching more people than keep answering the same questions over and over and over again. Yeah, exactly. And the, the cool thing with yours is even though you have like a, like a, a decent following, like a, not a big following, but I mean, you're, you have engagement like pretty much the whole time on every single post. So, which is huge. Cause some people don't even get that. Yeah. 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 I've seen people with a heck of a lot more followers than me but if I look at their posts I'm like but why what people aren't engaging with you like so yeah I would rather have fewer people but you know they're, they're relevant they're obviously interested in what I've got got to say for some crazy reason then. yeah yeah <laughs> um, but I, I love that they engage you know that's that's what you do it for isn't it you, you want to help people you want to you want people's questions yeah I, th- I think people in the diabetes space that are like doing stuff that you and I are doing are just like genuinely they they want in their heart they like they love helping people out because like I've heard that so many times of like people like the main thing was like I started type 1 lifting is to show people with diabetes that they can do amazing things and help other people out and say look look at yeah. look at what this guy's doing look at what this girl's doing you know and you know I I think all of us love helping people out which is amazing and especially even the diabetes community like if someone has a question 
on someone's Instagram page or something else, like you'll have like 15 people responding back to you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have, um, when I was diagnosed, I didn't have, I don't even think I had the internet. Um, I definitely didn't have any kind of social media. Yeah. Um, and I, God, I think I could have learned so much more so quickly. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. You know, you can literally hop on and go, have you ever had this or what do you do when this happens? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, it would literally be, oh, I'll wait till next month when I'll talk to my diabetes nurse or, or whatever. And although I, you know, I massively value my diabetes team and they've always been amazing, it's just not the same as speaking to someone who's diabetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they only know a certain amount of stuff from like what they've learned in a book or from talking to other professors and stuff like that. They don't know, have like the experience that you and I have. Yeah. So yeah. living it day to day is very different. Yeah. And you, you're thinking about diabetes pretty much a thousand times a day, which is like insane. Yeah. yeah, literally. Yeah. And it's like, my wife's like, why are you making diabetes like you? And it's like, well, I, it kind of has to be me because I think about it all the time. It's always around me. I'm always like struggling. I'm not always struggling, but like, sometimes I struggle with like just get my numbers down or getting them back up. So it's like a constant battle every single day yeah. dealing with diabetes. Yeah. Yeah, it's always that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, we're getting close to the end. So I have three questions for you. So okay. um, what are the biggest, what are the goals that you want to achieve before the year's over? Oh, <laughs> um, the goals that I want to, personally or in business? Oh, anything, personal, business. You actually do both. Heck, why not? Okay. Um, okay, business-wise, I just want to get the program ready and launched and out there and yeah. um and see people getting results on it more than anything yeah so that's you know by christmas i got some people on the course and and getting some great feedback that that would that would make this year not such a mess yeah because <laughs> <laughs> 2020 has been crazy um personally i don't know um i guess i i'm I've, I'm only just kind of getting back into really lifting again and feeling stronger and things like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, just feeling, feeling really healthy and strong again. Cause, um, probably since before having my son, I haven't, haven't, although I've trained a lot, I haven't really worked on strength. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's kind of addictive, isn't it? Once you start to feel stronger, you, you want to get stronger and stronger. So yeah, yeah. definitely just, um, yeah, just, just continuing to feel stronger. Yeah. Like my, my thing is I want to lift the world pretty much. Just lift any, like everything <laughs> I possibly, because if you, if you notice my Instagram page from like the, the beginning to now, like I've, my weight have, has gone like through the roof. Amazing. So, which is crazy. I would never even think about like lifting like the numbers that I'm lifting now, especially being at yeah, a yeah. I've as, seen your videos and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, and especially being a 40 year old man, turning turning 41. So I've never lifted this much ever in my entire life, which is and awesome. It's amazing, and it, you know, it looks amazing because it's not like you're you're built like a strong man. No, you know what I mean. When you, yeah. when you see a massive guy lifting a massive amount, it's like, yeah, that's impressive, but seeing a guy of an of a kind of an average size lifting massive weight yeah it's like so cool to see yeah and plus i'm six six too so like i'm a lot taller than most people <laughs> wow. yeah so it's it's well, a lot get harder. that weight a lot higher <laughs> yeah exactly it's just like please get up there right, there we go so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome so um the second question we got is what is your favorite book that you like to read? Like it could be fiction, fitness wise, or whatever. Um, what's what's one that you kind of like go back to all the time and read, reread? 
Oh, do you know, this is a really random one. It's not diabetes. It's not fitness. And it's called The Monk's Guide to Happiness. I've heard of that one. Oh, I love it. I love it. So it's um, it's all about kind of mindfulness and um, a bit of meditation and things like that. But it is just, I rarely get time to read. Yeah. Um, or, or I start books and then I, my concentration isn't great. So I just don't get into them. But this was literally like, I couldn't put this book down and I was like making time to read this book yeah um and it sits by my bed and every now and then I kind of revisit it um and it and it kind of taught me a lot about um about slowing down a little bit as well we, we're just kind of in this rat race aren't we and we're you know chasing our tails a, a lot of the time and yep. yeah it taught me a bit about meditation and things like that and that's yeah just been a big help to me so yes the monk's guide to happiness if nice. anyone wants, to, wants so, to give that a go so you do do you like breathing or anything like that or like not wim hop for like just like you know control breathing like in the nose like out the mouth kind of like meditation yeah yeah i i although i go through stages where i'll be really good and i'll make time for it and then yeah. i'll go like weeks and be like wow yeah i can't remember the last time i just sat and went <laughs> yeah exactly yeah no i hear you I, I i was trying to get into meditation it was just like feeling great and then like i just it felt fell off the boat and I was like, whatever. I mean, I'll, I'll try to get back to it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, it's just time. So, all right. So the last question, well, actually the second to last question. So, uh, what would you tell a new diabetic what to expect from now on? Um, I would say don't expect perfection. And if, if you're trying to achieve perfection with your numbers, you'd, you're really going to frustrate yourself mm -hmm. like it's okay for it not to be perfect just just go for good yeah like just 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 aim for good and and what works for you and your lifestyle like some people have perfect numbers but they don't have a life yeah. and you know personally i know what i'd rather i'd rather have good control and do the things i enjoy and eat the things i enjoy um so yeah don't don't be kind of aiming for this this straight line of blood sugar because it's, it's not realistic yeah Awesome. And then uh, the last question. So where can people find you if they have any questions or just want to reach out to you to do your program or whatnot? Cool. Yeah. So the website is uh, diabeticandhealthy.com. Um, it's Diabetic and Healthy on Facebook. And as I said, there's, a, there's those two groups as well. So if you find the page, you will also find the two groups. Um, on Instagram, it is diabetic underscore and underscore healthy. And People are more than welcome to email me if they have any questions, if they want to get a heads up when the program's coming out, things like that. Um, and it is just charlotte at diabeticandhealthy.com. All right, perfect. Well, thank you very much for being on the show. I really do appreciate it. And like this was I this is this is one of my favorites. So I I, oh, I, so I love amazing. it. So yeah, it, it was awesome. You're you're my third person from across the pond. So I have one oh, person cool. one person from England and I had two from South Africa. So. Well, this is my first podcast interview. This is the first time really? I've been like on this side. Yeah. Wow. So, what did you think? It, it was cool. I really enjoyed it. Oh, good. Really good. Awesome. <laughs> well, <laughs> once again, thank you very much for doing this, and I will talk to you later. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. All right.